Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Venus and Mars podcast. You've got your host, Anya Shack here. And today we're talking about a topic that I think eludes a lot of us. We hear it over and over and over again. And it's become kind of a buzzword that has me wondering what the meaning is behind the words emotionally unavailable man. Mm-hmm. We talk about this a lot. You'll hear women say things like, you know, I keep attracting an emotionally unavailable man. We have this label we've put on certain men and it's like some men have it and some men don't and it's just the way it is. But we've never really asked ourselves, what does that mean? What does it mean to be emotionally unavailable? Is that even the correct label we should be using? What are the different variables that are kind of running the show here? And are there things as women, perhaps, that we're not taking into consideration from our end, too, to put that label on other men? So to discuss this topic, uh, I thought it was only appropriate to have a man on here. And so I'm really excited to welcome my guest. He is a men's coach. He's super dedicated to men's work and helping men really get over all of their self-sabotage and really find themselves. And so he... I think is very equipped to speak to the deeper psychology that goes on in the minds and the souls and the hearts of men. And I think there's no one better to talk about this than you and Corlett. Hi. Thank you. Oh, what a nice introduction. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that. I'll roll with that. No one better <laughs> to talk about it. We'll see what we'll see what happens. Eh? Yeah. I mean, you, just in that little intro, you sparked up so many questions, so much to explore, isn't there? Absolutely. I'm so excited to dive in. Before we do, why don't you just give everyone that's listening a little bit of an insight into what you do these days, what you're passionate about, and also where you uh, are joining us from. Yeah, like you already said, I'm most, well, I'm in the United Kingdom. Uh, I'm in the Isle of Wight. If any of you uh, outside of the United Kingdom haven't been here, it's beautiful. It's very quiet and tranquil. So what do I do? So first and foremost, my, my career within um, helping others started as a counsellor and I've been doing that for about five years now and in the last couple of years I began to focus in and around working with men from a coaching perspective more. Uh, my experience as a counsellor showed me the key patterns that were playing out in the psyche of a man and then what I was able to do is to, to step back and see where, where the needs were, were mostly and to create something that goes straight to the core of those needs so yeah and the great thing I love about coaching is that I can bring my whole self to it I'm I'm a strong believer in therapy uh you know counseling psychotherapy but I'm also a strong believer in coaching and I think that men women need both approaches at different times in their life and certainly I have along my own journey so yeah that's what I do I'm passionate about helping men face their shadows uh integrate and let go of what needs to be let go of so that they can come more fully into their to their heart, to live from their heart, and to give their gifts to the world. And most importantly, live in harmonious relationship with themselves and with those that they love and with those that they serve. That's beautiful. Thank you for saying that. Just as you said, the kind of the complementary nature of coaching and therapy and how much they can serve at different times in life, and even at the same time, it made me think of, have you watched the Shia LaBeouf interview recently? I think so. Well, it's been a very interesting experience for me to actually just like watch the emotional transformation of a man. It seems that he went from emotionally unavailable to emotionally unavailable over the course of the last 
few years, essentially he was charged with abuse of, of a woman and battery and assault and just lots of really dark things from his past. And he's gone on this whole journey and owned up to his mistakes and is now changing himself. And now he has a little girl and he's, you know, he's, he's um, making right by his family and everything he's doing. And I just saw it as like a beautiful arc from like emotionally unavailable to emotionally available. And I'm, I guess even not having seen that, it's totally fine. I'm curious, what is that arc? What does that arc look like to you? I love that. Um, so, so what I'm hearing yeah. you say is that the start of that arc for Shay was, was self, that self-honesty, that humility to be able to step forward and own how we had been, right? And to really mm -hmm. own that. I think that's that's so, so important for us men to own the darkness of our past, the way that we have not honoured the feminine in our in our closest, most intimate relationships uh, with women, um, and you know that's that that arc for me has definitely been very much like shades, like you know not knowing how to be in in healthy relationship with a woman, not knowing how to um, heal the mother wound within me, you know how to um, respond to my triggers to, to to be aware to my triggers to uh hold space for for women um because i didn't know how to hold space for the feminine within me because i'd never been given that and that's not a justification so i think that the the arc is filled with solid principles of emotional development for men to be able to firstly for me was being received in my darkness by other men. Um, so I think, I think so many of us men find it, and I, and I include myself in this in my journey, found it easy to be held in my emotions by women, but by men, well, that's, that scared the hell out of me. So a large mm -hmm. part when things really started to change for me was when I was able to lower the veil of shame and allow men to see me in my fragility. I witnessed that that arc begin to change in the way that I was able to see how I had been, I had let down um, the women in my life, how I had spoken to women in an unrespecting manner. Um, yeah. And, you know, if I'm really honest, gaslit and all those kind of things, because I didn't know how to be uh, real with what I was feeling and I didn't know what the shadows were that I was projecting. Um, and so I think this arc is filled with principles of honesty, of vulnerability, of courage to be seen, of going into the darkness and and being prepared to accept what comes up. And I think that can be really, really challenging, really, really challenging with so much suppression within men. Right. We're very much not encouraged to be with our feelings growing up. Right. So, yeah, absolutely. What comes up for me as a kind of societal, I guess, commentary is there seems to be a very clear distinction from everything that you've described that was your past or maybe was Shia's past or all of these things were a man that is just kind of being on the ride of relationship, but mm. not owning his desires for relationship. Mm. It seems like there's what I mean to say by that is like, there's this cultural notion of like men just succumb to relationship right like oh yeah the women are the ones that want that and men are just like well we might as well because we need all of these other things and so there's this 
lack of power and lack of leadership. And uh -huh. I think maybe internal stuff going on. So even if there is a relationship, there's still emotional unavailability there. Mm. Whereas the difference is a man that is that wants a relationship that owns that and, and comes at it from a place of leadership, which to me, it seems like, how does a man get there? You know, mm, with a lot of work, <laughs> right? For a lot. Well, for most men, I think with a lot of work yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, a, to a place to, to, to really understand what, as you say, to be consciously choosing relationship rather than falling into it you know yeah again I'm always we're, we're always our great and I speak for myself I'm I am my greatest case study right so I yeah. always fell into relationship I fell into lust majority speaking you know mm -hmm. I don't think I knew what it was to to truly enter into a, a relationship that's based on a shared values and shared principles and and to feel into that gently gradually before the sexual element comes in. And I think maybe a lot of men struggle with, with that. Mm. But I think, yeah, so so consciously choosing to come into relationship, understanding what, what is involved in relationship, and relationship is challenging, like really challenging. It's going to, you know, it's going to challenge you in all of your shadows, everything you've never looked at, everything that holds you back from surrendering to the intimacy to be experienced. And oh, we're petrified of intimacy you know absolutely petrified i didn't i didn't know it right <laughs> but yeah. no i'm yeah. good i'm good yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm good but i think yeah. men a, a man someone recently said this to me like you know i'm not really interested in having a relationship with a woman you know i just want to have like a casual thing and you know there for there to be sex and, and us share some laughs and I, and I think yeah i used to think like that but i just think truth bro i think you're scared of intimacy because I think what we want more than anything is that depth of of um, being heard, of of hearing presence, that that real that real presence that can be experienced mm. in that depth, isn't it? Oh man, yeah. It's not a surprise why I he you know we hear stuff like that from men all the time, even more so now because there is this cultural thing that we're all dealing with around women having been kind of taught that men are shit for decades and so if men are walking around we were pretty shit we were we were very shit weren't we i mean like, that's no laughing matter i mean yeah i am yeah like, I, I agree but that's collective and that's on a macro scale but on an individual scale i think men are still like well I want to be admired. I want to be respected. I want to be loved. Like mm. that's not going to happen because there's this underlying I am shit thing. Mm. Yes. So maybe that's part of it too. That's definitely a huge part of it, isn't it? In the collective consciousness of like, yeah, well, I'm just shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's the point in speaking my needs? My needs, you know, classic nice guy, right? My needs don't matter. Uh, yeah. It's selfish to have boundaries, you know? Yeah. I think yeah. Coll collectively, that is definitely a, a belief amongst um, a large group of men that really needs to be challenged and is being challenged, right? Mm -hmm. Being challenged. It is. Being challenged by, by, by women and by men, by, by society um, at large. But I like what you're saying there about, you know, on a macro scale, because that's what we want really, isn't it? We want, we all want more emotionally available men, 
I believe. Yeah. A woman, yeah. I mean, I can't speak for, for women, obviously, but I would imagine that a woman wants a man who is emotionally available. And that's what we're exploring, is it? What is it to be emotionally available? Present, to listen, to communicate your needs, your boundaries, your wants, your desires in equal measure to hers, to be able to hold oneself. And that's been my journey and my understanding. Once you can fully hold yourself in everything, then then maybe you're ready to, to say, hey, so I was never ready to be in a relationship until I was ready to hold myself in relationship emotionally, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I can't, I don't, I don't discount all the relationships that I was in because they all taught me how to to be more emotionally available. But what I'm really saying is that to be really healthily, consciously in a, in a relationship, I believe us men need to learn how to hold ourselves in our own emotions. Um, and I do think that a lot of that really needs to to be done in an environment around other men. You know, we're talking about rites of passage, mm. aren't we? the importance of that. Yeah, I'm curious. What is that like? Talk to me about in the West. What is a potential rite of passage? Because obviously we've been missing that just in yeah. the culture. I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. I think the most prevalent thing in our society these days is the overly mothered boy. Um, and I think that, you know, historically, the rites of passage was, wasn't it, that the, the boy was taken away from the mother, out with the men, and, you know, that umbilical cord was cut. And he went through the uncomfortability of having to shed the, mo the mother bond and become a man and, and be taken under his father's wing, which I think so many emotionally unavailable men historically haven't been there for their sons to give them that rites of passage it's not it's gradually in the west we've been cut out of our culture i mean i was even thinking to back to like you know the the early 20th century mm -hmm. when you know young men would would go and serve in the in the local guard or something for example mm -hmm. here in the uk they would do like i don't know how long they were doing a month or a few months of service even that short thing there was like taking you out of the household and putting you into an environment of other men so that you could experience what it was to be accepted, to be challenged by other men. And I think that's what what it is, is letting go of the the motherly tie to to be held in the well, letting go of the, of the feminine to be held in the masculine. Right. And to be yeah. shown, well, what does that look like? Okay. Yeah. And so many of us men never had that. So that's yeah. why these men, these men, the men's work movement is gaining such momentum because men are hungry for it. We're like, oh. 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 And so like hungry. in a real way, because I've heard boys talk about this, you know, 18 years old, like home life was shit. So I'm just going to join the army because oh. I need that, like almost mm -hmm. subconsciously. He didn't understand why he needed that, but he just would. And people yeah. would be like, you're so smart. You could go to college or you, know, you could do all these things. He's like, no, I'm going to join the army. Yes. And that makes sense to me. Yeah. And it makes yeah. sense to me, like hungry for connection. That's the first thing yeah. that came into my mind then is hungry for that strong masculine connection. And, and also maybe, well, that's what being a man is, isn't it? To go and fight. Maybe maybe that's an inflated shadow 
that gets um, embodied in the man who who really was absent of a of a solid a home background, maybe. Just because it's you know we get to kind of put forth our commentary on like what we see and and it's not not saying this is a hundred percent true, but as far as my life experience and the people that I've met, I find that most men that did join the army are men that are consciously available for partnership with women. Okay. What I've experienced, like you find that men post army, like more of them get married younger, more of them just like want that kind of very clear, defined relationship. Mm. So I think that's interesting. That is interesting. What do you think might be going on there? Maybe there's something to say in them in America. It's like this connection to more traditional values. Because okay. it seems like the war and or like being in the army is a little bit more of like a a right ideal, an ideal on the right side and more so, like more so than the left. Yeah. So yeah. it's a little bit more traditional, a little bit more conservative. There's mm-hmm. this idea of, of that. So I think maybe that ties into it a little bit, a small percentage of people. I'm not sure about the rest. I'd love to learn more of that. Yeah. But yeah, maybe if there's that like, deep connection with other men than that masculine, all those good, delicious, gooey masculine qualities get brought up, which is like, to me, it's like integrity, honor, generosity, all these great things that I associate with the masculine, but lots of culture doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Those, those, exactly those. Yes. Yes. Integrity, courage, generosity, um, patience, Right, so much patience. Like I think that that or, or the 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 capacity for that. Right. Mm. Um, I could go off on a tangent with, with that, but what what I'm hearing you say is that more right wing approach, which is more in line with say tradition, is really yeah. important for the man because it yeah. gives him some kind of framework within which to yeah. work around. And I think you know, obviously, feminine being in flow. Um, we, we need that, we need that, don't we? We really need that. Yeah, thinking about framework, this is fun. I wanna jump into this part of the conversation, which I think is interesting. And it just came to me right now, which is so fun to do this kind of step Absolutely. on the fly. I had some pretty toxic like masculinity as a child, right? It was just very closed. It was disconnected, cold, mm-hmm. mean, you know, in, in many ways. And so I, completely decided that I needed to completely shut myself off or like be perfect or mm. tiptoe around things. Cause if I did something wrong, then I would be, there would be an outlash like against me. And so it was a real denial of femininity for me, right? Like being myself, being free, being open, being bold and confident, all these things that I think are really beautiful now, as I've learned about the feminine. What I'm leading to is because of that, I spent a lot of my life not really being myself, not speaking up, not saying what my needs were, not communicating my, just honestly being worried about what like men thought about me. So being just like in my head all the time. And I would always find that I would walk, you know, I would leave relationships, situationships feeling like, well, this man was emotionally unavailable, <laughs> but okay. yeah. I was emotionally unavailable. And I also like throughout that time was really down on myself because I always heard people say things like, 
you know, men love crazy women. Have you heard that before? I have, yes. Okay, yeah. I feel like we've all heard that before collectively. Men love crazy women. And I've been thinking this to myself and I'm just like, I was being, I was so down on myself during that time because I just like couldn't be myself like in, in any given moment. And I felt like the women that were in the relationships I wanted to be in were just like so over the top themselves. And I think what I've now learned 10 years later, five years later, it's not that they were crazy. It's not that they were bitchy. It's not all of those things. Maybe that stuff was there too. But what it was, was they were confidently saying exactly what they wanted whenever they wanted it. Mm. And that was a framework for the masculine to pick up on. Yes. Curious what your thoughts are on all of that. Yeah, yes. Yeah, such such an attractive quality, Mm. saying what you want communicating yeah. it clearly because we need that we really need that as men so so that we can tend to that and and give to that because we want to give because we are mm-hmm. as you say generous we want to be generous but i think if we haven't again done our own haven't got to our own level of awareness then then we don't know how to, how to do so because we haven't yet learned how to give to ourselves yeah it makes complete sense Right. If we can, if we could yeah. all own what we, if we are all owning what we need and communicating it and, and what we want, then we're harmonious. Right. And we can mm. understand the limits to how much one individual can fulfill the needs of another and not, and not place them at the center of our world to have our needs fully met, but we can own them and communicate them. For me, I think just the fact of commu- owning them and communicating them is enough. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Communication, right? And that from that point, what happens after that? You know, just obviously being heard in that. But then what happens yeah. with regard to action that's taken is less as um, weighty as the actual initial communication. I think communication mm. is a massive, t- I'm going to use it, word turn on for, for, for a lot of men. Yes, which is what you're saying, right? It's what you're saying, I think. Oh, it? It's awesome. It's so awesome. I mean, I, and also like some of the women that I most admire too, like I see them and they're like, they communicate, but it changes like every 10 minutes, like their emotions flow, but they're not like down on themselves about it. They just let it be what it's going to be as often as it happens. Yes. And it's really cool to watch that because I think the men that are truly driven by their masculine seem to respond really well to that mm. do you feel that too yeah 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 because 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 you say you say strongly rooted in the masculine and they're not getting caught up in in the swell they can go okay well this is this is your energy like i don't i'm not going to get involved in your energy i'm going to empathize with where you're at you know five minutes ago you were saying this five minutes ago, <laughs> like okay can i can i be in that and then be in that and then be in that and then be in that because I'm here and I'm in this. So come and meet me. Let's meet together where you uh, meet you. Yeah, it's it's fluidity, like you say, isn't it? Like everything's mm-hmm. changing and, you know, and, and then responding with, well, well, what is it you need right now? Oh, that's so cool. It's just so beautiful for me because growing up, all I heard, like most of the women I knew were just supremely in their masculine mm. because it was scary for them to not be. As you said that, I just felt that's just really quite sad, isn't it? That that's yeah, yeah. And they would say things to me like, "Never tell a man how you feel about anything." 
Like Mm -hmm. he doesn't care. You know, I just learned how to like not be vocal. Right. And so I'm really now after many years, like I'm really now trying to practice this. And when you said what you just said, it was so beautiful. Like to know that I can be in all of the different energies and just express all that. And then a man can just be present and rooted and there's nothing wrong with it is really healing for me. And hopefully for other women listening that have had my same experience. Yeah. uh, Yeah. And I hope that, you know, all people, all women get to experience that from a man and that all men and women come together in that, in that level of relationship. Right. That's what we're aiming for. That, that, that is what will, will heal everything. Yeah. I have this really great friend, a couple friends. They've been together for like 12 years and he's really wise. He's done a lot of things in business. He's got lots of male friends. And he basically had one of these, one of his guys that has been just kind of in the lifestyle of Peter Pan, right? All the way up until he's like 42 years old. One night, just like over some drinks telling him like, man... I've just been bullshitting everybody. Like, I just really want what you and your wife have. It's mm-hmm. really what I want. And those types of stories are are meaningful for us all to hear mm-hmm. because it just feels true for me. And I can only speak to what feels true instead of believing in this like mass media that says that men don't want mm-hmm. intimacy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. And uh, isn't that beautiful that, they were they were providing that example and enabling him to soften and and say yeah I, that's really what i'm i'm yearning for yeah it seems like maybe there's a dance with emotional availability i wonder like what qualities are kind of required for a woman to exhibit and what qualities are required for a man to exhibit to kind of find each other in this space of openness and emotional Mm. availability. I'm curious about that. Mm. Desired by you, maybe, maybe personalizing. Well, well, uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Personal. Okay. Um, (laughs) Patience, patience, Mm. calmness, presence, which is contained within that. Right. I think that's the fundamental thing. Presence, Um, self-awareness for both. Like that's fundamental, isn't it? understanding what is yours and what is not yours, owning your triggers, not not shying away from your triggers, not projecting your triggers back, um, having the, yeah. the willingness to look at oneself and go to be challenged as well. Tenderness, tenderness, yeah, mm-hmm. tenderness. And, um, I think these are, you know, the. I think there's such strength in that, and we, like this is this is kind of like you're talking about the dance between the masculine and feminine, right? So it's like like it's not masculine to be tender. Well, throw that out of the what? box. No, I'm just saying like these are the kind of beliefs that I grew up. Yeah. with. it's not masculine to it's be true. tender. It's you know, true. you da 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 da. But but it, but there is such strength in tenderness, isn't there? Like the the to be able to hold yourself within your body, rooted in, in yeah. rooted in your chakra, rooted in your chakras, for want of it, you know. Yeah. That you know how to yeah. move within the different energies that present as they present, and to to be willing to 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 let go of it all. Uh, yeah. I think that's the greatest, the greatest 
lesson for me is in letting is in is in being willing to risk it all to let it all go does that make sense in, in like like I, I i i can't hold i can't hold on to this in order for me to yeah. have it have this i have to fully let go of it before it even arrives if that makes sense because <laughs> because you can't keep nothing's to be kept and i think this i've struggled with this my whole life you know attachment mm. like safety give me safety give yeah. me i want i want i need yeah. I, um so yeah non-grasping which is different i you know is, is a is a is a long time work i think i've been working on that for for well over a decade same same grasping for me honestly like i've been really thinking about just how quickly you can find yourself in those patterns of grasping and i've mm. found myself in those places like you know, where just to speak honestly, like when I was in Spain, it was like, why am I here? Why am I here? Why was I called to come here? You know, and then I'll, I'll meet somebody that, you know, I was interested in at the time. And suddenly the grasping happens. You're like, oh, this is why I'm here. This is why I made it here to this city. And it becomes this like energetic, like just like gross energy mm. of just like having, keeping, like wanting to like, uh, you know, obsessively attach to this person who you don't even know at all. Like I didn't know at all. <laughs> so I, I did this recently, like a year and a half ago. So it's, it's just like a constant learning experience of like how to just like you said, like mm. move through and flow and find patience. Mm. Yes. And I, I relate to what you just shared completely. And my learning in that is being able to discern whether that is um, an unmet need or, or a trauma response that's going on within yeah. the younger part of myself that I haven't yeah. met in the depth, the depth yeah. that needs to be fully met. Or, yeah. or is it, I mean, usually if, if there's too, if there's excitement, then, then there's usually anxiety, right? So it's yeah. usually, it's to be, doesn't mean, it, I, this my experience is, it doesn't mean it's necessarily not right, Right. I think it just means that there that with with awareness of both people that um in that and then a conversation like maybe a calm then comes in that maybe there is a shared trauma trauma that maybe the but without the consciousness then it becomes a bond and then you know without consciousness there's no yeah. consciousness right yeah. so that's true you know one thing that I've really been learning to internalize and and just breathe through is the feeling of good versus the feeling of relaxed mm. the real difference between the two are pretty profound if you close your eyes and you just be with yourself 100%. they're different and it's people just get so excited in the good the good feelings that they don't think about whether this is actually a little bit traumatic for them yeah so to be emotionally available is to be able to discern between that, isn't it? To be able to discern between well, this is this is a good feeling or this is a relaxed feeling. So much of my journey has been in healing my auto autonomic nervous system, um, learning how to regulate myself. And, and what I've seen in that as a result of my journey is that relationships that match my new relationship with my body come in. And, and now all I really mm. want, I still get me wrong, I still go out and get excited and dance and have fun and enjoy myself. But yeah. I, can, I can, I can eat, I where I want to live is is in this calm, this really calm and expansive place. 
from that place, beautiful, long-lasting, um, equinim, equinimous, equin, yeah, if I'm, relationships of equality are fine, <laughs> yes. right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's really profound. Even the way you've said all of that is really calming and healing, and it's just really profound. So thank you for that. Thank you. Well, thank you. Yeah. Like, there seems to be the comfort in your own skin and then the admiration of yourself and your journey and where you've been mm. also opens the space to admire another, like, from Beautiful. a place of equanimity like you said not above not below just really like right here mm. like in the mm. same on the same plane and I think that's what definitely I'm looking for and it's what I feel like is the most conducive to true emotional openness and availability mm. Mm. beautiful yeah no I agree 100 percent yeah I like how you said there to admire oneself you know i think we have to le- we have to really learn how to a- a- admire and tend to ourselves right because as you yeah. said you can't you can't enter into a conscious relationship until you know how to really do that for yourself and there's nothing egocentric or egotistical about admiring yourself when it's done when it's done with a heart at the center and with a love and acknowledgement for all, you know, yeah. getting to we were out there, but in, in the lack, <laughs> in the real, realization that there is no separation between us, that we are all reflections, um, yeah. then that can come in. I had a beautiful quote the other day, which was, um, and to paraphrase, was something along the lines of, um, once you see yourself in all, you will be met with your mirror. And it was like, yeah, once you once you're able to really see your humanity in every single being, everything in this world, no matter how gross, no matter how um, chilling and you separate yourself from I, I, I don't like this and I like this. Once you separate yourself from that, then that that real core emotional um, strength that exists within us all that is just waiting to be um, met can come forward and then and then you will be emotionally available <laughs> you know uh but who are we to judge right? Voila. It's like that. there we go <laughs> yeah. oh man i love that and i like how you said that it's just super relatable like i like that oh i like me i like myself in this or i'm good with that that was my journey i feel a certain way and instead of like lamenting over how awful it is, it's just like mm. understanding, you know, yeah, like there are moments of patterns that come up around attachment. Okay, well, I've gone through this like long journey with a really difficult father wound. Makes sense. I'm like fucking proud of myself yeah. feeling that. You yeah. know? As, yeah, so, as, as, yeah, as, as, as you, sh- well, I don't like to use the word should, but as you should be, right? Yeah, you, you really yeah. should. Yeah. And I think I like when men, because it sounds like that's what you've been able to do too. And a lot of the men that you work with and the mother wound is really Mm. not discussed. Like it's not as typical. Like we don't say mommy issues the way we say daddy issues Mm. in our culture. And it seems like there's this opportunity for men to find that healing in that space. Mm. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. I think we need to look at it 
we need to look at when I say it, the relationship with mum. What what was that relationship? How is that relationship now? Where are the boundaries in that relationship with mum now? How much of your life do you share with mum? How much of your life don't you share with mum? How are you showing up for mum? Is mum sitting on your throne? Right? Uh, Is mum sitting on your throne? Uh, Who has the key? Does mum have the keys to your kingdom? (laughs) That's such a great point because if she does, then there's no real way you can be not ashamed of your own sexuality as a man. That's a big one that I see, like a big I love, result. Yeah, it's interesting the way you, yeah, you brought that into, yes, yes, that makes complete sense, doesn't it? It's like mum is, mum is overlooking everything. Mum's like in the driver's seat. And if mum's in the driver's seat sexually, that's, um, you know, we could go down a Freudian angle there, couldn't we? We won't go down Freudian angles. But, <laughs> you know, it definitely relates to, to, to the shadow in our sexuality. Like if, you know... That stuff is is um, yeah. is huge. It's huge. It's quite uncomfortable and co- uncomfortable stuff to face. Yeah, to acknowledge that that stuff going is going on under under the surface. Because it's so unconscious and it comes through in so many ways and it creates such a wall and it creates emotional distance because mm. I think a woman is just dreaming always of being. It's like the dark and the light feminine of being both nurturing and caring and sensual and sexual and, you know, all of this beauty all in one person. And Mm. when a man is still in the trenches of the mother wound, then it's like he can't see her as all of it. He he has to separate. Yes. Yes. He can't see her as all of it. He has to separate parts of himself. And then he puts himself back Mm -hmm. into parts of himself back into shadow and banishes himself from his kingdom um, because mum is still there because to actually ask mum to leave mm. and to, to is brings so much of the shadow into question that it can become overwhelming for a man which is why I think it's so important for men to work alongside other men who have already walked this path mm. um, to be taken to their throne to see who is upon it to question mm to converse with, to reclaim one's power, right? Beautiful. But honorably, honorably, right? Not, not in a shameful way, not in an angry way, and maybe using the anger to inform what takes place within, right? Um, and some of it could be with, without as well, but maybe it's not necessary. I think a lot of it isn't necessary outwardly. I think it can all happen inwardly and then, you know, paradoxically, it's like, what is an emotionally unavailable man? And after everything you shared, it seems to me like answering this question, is it's like a big paradox. It's like, actually, he'll find it in the space of men, yeah. <laughs> in a masculine space, mm-hmm. even though we're all talking about men and how emotionally unavailable they are. But the truth is the lack of masculine mentorship and like the space of the father the lack of that like rite of passage Mm. the lack of um men being with other men in in emotion and spirituality and and all of this stuff and like warriorship Mm. that's what keeps a man a peter pan till he's in his 50s maybe yeah or for his whole life right yeah And, and that's really quite sad isn't it yeah 
I see it around me. I see it around me. It's because um, older men become harder to reach, I think. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, well, isn't it beautiful though how we are going through this transformation? And yeah, I'm I'm only filled with hope. I don't I don't give my attention to the the fear mongering the the neg. I mean, there's there's there are there there is information to be taken from negative um, reporting and stuff, isn't there? To question, we need to question. We need to have these yeah. debates and and so we can all grow in a in a in a shared unified. Um, perspective of what it would look like to have a really harmonious um world of, of men and women living in harmony with each other because that's all we want that's all we want right it's all any of us want man i get a little down on myself too because a lot of the women in, in my world don't really understand why i care so much about helping men it's okay but it's a bummer and it's these conversations with you these moments of shared like harmony, which is what we're creating right this second, yeah, yeah, just yeah. reminds me of like how important it is and just how like, just like you said, I'm taking inspiration from you to like not pay attention to all of that negativity. That's not the driver. That's not the most important thing. So no, it's not. Thank it's you. Not. Thank you. Yeah. I've, I've loved this conversation. I think people have just gotten I, I hope have heard uh, have gotten to hear some really beautiful explorations of just like manhood and womanhood and openness. And before we jump off, why don't you let the people know where they can locate you, where they can find you, if they want to work with you, if they want to, yeah, just get in touch. Sure thing. Okay, so my email is info at youandcallit.com. Website is www.youandcallit.com. Instagram, youand underscore call it. And uh, my Facebook and, and my LinkedIn are a bit scatty at the minute. Yeah. I need to put some energy into that. But, um, you know, send me a DM. Send me an email if you want to have a conversation. Like, first and foremost, if you did want to do some some work together, we just have a conversation. You know, I think that the resonance between two two men is is the most fundamental thing for the work. So I would love to hear from you. Mm, that's so beautiful and i'll leave all of these links down below the episode so it's just an easy click for everybody and gentlemen listening to this i i hope that if um you and has resonated for you you do get in touch with him i can only see the beautiful things that could come from that in your lives oh so. thank you what a lovely thing thank you okay. receiving that receiving that <laughs> thank you so much everybody until next time